Ado, a soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association. Footy Ado, a delusional soccer podcast. And here's a story titled Deutschland Lead. If you listened last week, you know that Jared told us the story of the heroin enablers. Well, my story this week takes the same setting. We used to love playing soccer oftentimes past midnight at the recreational field before they locked up the lights. One of the weirdest things that happened to us was involving the German national team. You see, our good friend Nick was wearing a Germany jersey. There was another group at the field at the time, and we all decided to play against each other in a full game. We often got 7v7s, but this was a rare opportunity for an 11v11 matchup. As we're passing around getting ready to play, one of the players from the other side walks up to Nick. We're going to go ahead and call this kid Douche McGee. So Douche McGee asked Nick if he's a real Germany fan. A ridiculous question to ask someone who is literally wearing the kit. He says yes, but then Douche McGee asks him if he knows the German national anthem. It's 11 p.m. at a soccer field in South Jersey, and someone is quizzing us on the national anthem of a European country. The lot of us look around and ask ourselves and each other, is this really happening? Nick tells him he's part German, that's why he has the jersey. This wasn't enough for Dushmagay, who literally starts reciting the German national anthem. Once again, this is because someone is wearing a Germany jersey. In the United States, it's very common to see Americans donning the jersey of another nation. So if you're one of the people that does that, look out for Dushmagay and make sure you know, word for word, the national anthem of whatever country's jersey you are wearing. Douche McGee. Well, I mean, what else was I going to call him? Uh, Deutsch McGee. <sighs> we'll do it live! <laughs> uh, I remember, because he wasn't, he, the thing was, he wasn't trying to be a douche. Because he kept saying, he was like, like, do I, like, his, all of his friends were like, yeah, like, this, he's, he's being a Yeah, he's like, this a kid's douche. a douche. And he was like, am I being a douche they're like yeah it's like he wasn't meaning to do it it was just so weird it was i i can't like i i'm i was writing this story thinking about like what our reaction was and honestly like we were all just like like the the blinking guy meme like what what is happening right like he legitimately started to recite the german national like awesome dude fantastic good on you that you know the national anthem but to quiz someone that's wearing the jersey to in, to try to in, insinuate that he's not a real Germany fan, even though he's literally part German, a little mind blowing. And I remember, yeah. um, I remember one of the kids from our group going up to another guy from their group, like, "Yeah, like, man, we're just trying to play soccer. That kid's being <laughs> that kid's being super fucking weird. Can you just like tell him to stop?" Like, who said that? That was uh, Matt Sepko. Okay, I had a, I had a feeling that's who it was. I don't actually, I didn't, rem, I didn't, I don't think I knew that he actually was, was quoting the German national anthem. Yeah, he, he, he started to this. Hard. It wasn't just like, hey, you're not a real fan unless you know the national anthem. He literally started to say the national anthem. Oh, dude, he, he didn't have to flex that hard, right? Like, dude, who are you trying to impress? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. What a that's nightmare a good story. Yeah. You ever get nervous that we're going to run out of these stories to tell? I get so nervous. I, I to... <laughs> don't. I, I think in three weeks we're going to be out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so like, uh, what your, this story is called? I sat on the couch and watched a soccer game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to call this story. 
I kicked a ball into a net once. <laughs> this is pizza rolls and Ferrucci Dortmund. Like, I don't <laughs> um, So, yeah, we're, we're going to run out of stories, so let's stop talking about it and uh, cross that bridge when we get there. Um, we're doing things a little bit differently this week. We are in the midst of an international break, but more importantly, we are in the midst of March Madness and... We are heading to the Sweet 16, so what a perfect time for us to do Madness Ado with our own Sweet 16 of U.S. men's national team players coming into the fold. Um, so we have this seeded out by caps, and we you know, uh, handpicked players that we thought that uh, are going to be exciting for the national team going forward and hopefully uh, qualifying for the 2022 World Cup, but um, uh, let's. I I think we should just jump right into this. Um, so yeah, um, it should be said the uh, so requirements we did it for players who were under 30 caps were the ones that we didn't want to like. Cause I'd, I'd say DeAndre Yedlin is a is a player that's exciting and young still, but um, I'd say he's been so much a part of the team already. I wouldn't really look at him as someone who I think is up and coming that we're going to look at. So is everyone in this bracket is under uh, 30 caps for the U.S. Yeah, and the, uh, currently at the time of recording on Monday, uh, the most caps by a player um, is Jordan Morris. So he's the, the one seed. And the least amount of caps is Ethan Horvath. So he is the 16 seed. So one versus 16. We have Seattle Sounders Jordan Morris and Club Bruges goalkeeper Horvath. Um so what's your what's your thought on Horvath to start? Um, I mean, I think it's he's an exciting player for the U.S. Um, mostly because he has that European experience. We've seen Club Rouge play in some some uh, European competition. I'm not sure if they were in the Champions League this year, but they have been in the past couple of years. So he's had that type of big game experience. Um, you know, he's playing at biggest is one of the biggest clubs in that league. So I think the most exciting thing for him is uh, is the fact that he has that sort of tested experience. Whereas you look at other keepers that are coming up, which we'll talk about, Zach Steffen, he, he's mostly featured in the MLS. So it's cool to see that we have a keeper who is trying his trade uh, overseas. Yeah, this season, um, Horvath has... He played in three Champions League matches. They... We're knocked out and moved into the Europa League. Um, so he's played five times in European competition so far uh, with three clean sheets. Um, in the league, he's played 18 times, uh, only conceding 19 goals. So a little bit over a goal a game uh, allowing, but he does have six clean sheets in that in that span this season. Um, so I, I think it is good for him to be getting this, this experience. You know, he uh, was at... Molde, um, you know, of course, where uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has managed uh, recently before taking over at United. Um, it is expected that if he doesn't get the full-time job at United, he goes back there. But um, he uh, Horvath joined Club Bruges in January of 2017 and um, right now looks to be the number one keeper. So um, definitely good for him. And the U.S. really doesn't have... A uh, a set number one 
Uh, Brad Guzan is still in the mix. Um, later we'll talk about Zach Steffen, who is involved in this bracket. Um, but Horvath as a 16, you know, it's it has a chance to get through over Jordan Morris, in my opinion, just because um, of the necessity of a goalkeeper right now for the U.S. men's national team, which historically the U.S. has been very good with uh, goalkeepers, but just recently, you know, the um, with Tim Howard uh, not playing for the national team anymore, he's about to retire at the end of this MLS season as well. Um, no one has really taken that job convincingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's it's all to play for. They even just had, like, Sean Johnson played the last game for the U.S., so it's not just the two that we have in here. I think Stefan and Horvath are probably the most exciting and most likely to take over that, that number one role if they decide to go away from Brad Guzan. Brad Guzan probably still has some left in the tank, but I think maybe it's time to start looking towards the younger the younger guard. And that's where he, he gets exciting. What's what's exciting about Jordan Morris to you? Um, Morris coming back from injury in three appearances this season has three goals and an assist. Um, that that's that's great to see. I mean he's he's been a part, you know, of the Sounders championship run the one season, but like you said, injury and it's I mean, he has a good start to the season. It's still very early, but yeah, and you know he made his debut for the U.S. back in 2014. Jurgen Klinsmann was still in charge, um, and he was uh, Jordan Morris was still at the University of Stanford, um, so he he got a start as a college player for the national team. Um, so he's he's been part of the setup for a little while. He probably would not be on this in this bracket had he not been injured. I think he would have reached that 30 cap mark. Um, you know, yeah, that's what I was. I was actually going to say the exact same thing. Yeah, four four caps in that the span of the year that he was out. He, I think he easily would have gotten. So um, that injury keeps him in here and <laughs> gives him a good chance to win. But like I said, in his the fact that he has played so well from the get go, um, it's almost as if we're, we're already giving him three games into the season, the comeback player of the year award. Yeah. I mean, I think the reason he's even on this list is it, it helps because he's, he's, I mean, he's coming back. He's in a different situation than all these other players who are rising up into the ranks. He sort of was made his name in the ranks for the U S kind of as like a super sub, but then got injured and now he's had to work his way back into it. So this is almost his second time coming back into it but um yeah like, i mean it's it's super early but he, he could be i mean it's, a, it's an amazing start uh for him which is which is exciting and it's good for the national team whether he down the line becomes the main uh striking point up top i doubt that's going to be the case um which might hurt his chances in advancing here but i think it's good to have those options now i'm going to uh leave the choice to you on this one um, between Jordan Morris and Ethan Horvath. So who who do you see? Uh, who goes to the, the Elite Eight? I am going to pick Jordan Morris. I think it's down to his exciting start of the season, his strong start of the season. And also, you did mention Ethan Horvath might be the 
set up for number one. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think he will be the backup. So I think I think Zach Steffen, I, I prefer him from what I've seen. So he is the reason why I am going a different way and going with Jordan Mars. All right. Um, let's move over to the two versus 15. Uh, two seed Christian Pulisic and 15 seed Kenneth Saif. So um, this is a tough one for <laughs> Saif to overcome. Pulisic, one of the most exciting players at the U.S., has seen not only in recent years but really ever. Um, he's playing for Borussia Dortmund right now and, of course, will be joining Chelsea in the summer, um, the deal that was announced in January. So um, he technically is what is uh, he's on loan technically right now to Borussia Dortmund. Um, now, Pulisic has struggled a little bit with injuries this season um, and really has not been preferred. Um, you know, Borussia Dortmund has uh, Jaden Sancho uh, on the wing as well, so it's tough for Pulisic to find game time. Um, he's only played, he's only been in the starting 11 23% of the time in the league this season and has only pay, played 27% of the minutes. Um, 15 appearances, two goals, three assists. So not a bad output, but um, just not uh, making as much of an impact as Dortmund fans thought he would this season and American fans as well. Yeah, um, I mean, it's been interesting. I mean, it's it's going to be hard for him, especially with a, a fully healthy Marco Royce and the rise of Jaden Sancho. But I mean, they're a team that have struggled recently, and he, you know, he's come in. It's been good to see him come in. One game, he had an assist and a goal to help Dortmund steal a win that they were down in in a game. Uh, so that was exciting. I think he he still has a lot to bring to Dortmund, and I think he'll be an exciting player for a exciting young player for Chelsea as they sort of um, weed out some of the older older players so I think it's been sort of a frustrating year for him uh, not playing as much as you know us US fans would have certainly hoped and we haven't even really seen him that much in the uh, um, national team since the World Cup debacle so um, it's it's exciting to see him back uh, but I mean, I still, I still, let's just hope that you know he can get back to that that rise he was sort of on in the beginning. Yeah. Now, uh, now on to Kenny Saif, who is currently on loan to um, to FC Cincinnati from Underlecht. Um, while he was with Underlecht, he made twelve appearances uh, in this season, no goals and one assist. Um, he made five appearances in the Europa League, not uh, adding to the goal tally or assist tally there at all. Um, but since he's been in MLS, he's made two appearances with a goal and two assists. So looking on the up, um, he's a player who didn't come through the United States youth setup. He actually played for uh, Israel in the under-16s, the under-18s, the under-19s, the under-21s, and then made two appearances for the Israeli national team, but made the switch to the U.S. Um, you know, he's 25 years old, on loan in MLS. Going up against Pulisic is going to be tough for him to get through, but it's not to say that he's not a player to be excited about. But um, 
when it's a matchup of two players in the same, relatively the same position, they're wide midfielders or uh, wide forwards. Um, I think Pulisic takes the reins here um, pretty easily. Yeah, and, I, and I'd agree. I think maybe a couple months, a couple weeks down the line, we could see, you know, say Saif continues to play good um, in the MLS. It's going to be exciting to see him come into the fold potentially for, for Greg Berhalter's team. Could be a definite backup option, but obviously, no, he's not going to take out Pulisic in this early in the bracket. We're not that delusional. Yeah, so, so for me, I'll take the pick here, and it's two-seed Christian Pulisic moving on. Um, now let's shift it to the three versus 14. I like this matchup a lot. Um, this is going to be a tough choice for you. Um, but it is Kellen Acosta as the three seed and Aaron Long as the 14 seed underdog. Um, Kellen Acosta has 23 caps while Aaron Long has five. Um, so tell me what you're thinking about Kellen Acosta. Um, so, I mean, Kellen Acosta... For me, like if this was this time last year, he was probably one of the players I was most excited about because I thought he was going to sort of make a rise and sort of take over for Michael Bradley in midfield. Um, it's sort of stalled out a little bit, you know. Not that he hasn't performed that well. I just don't. I, I was I was hoping maybe he would uh, improve on performances and keep getting better and better. Where he sort of seems to be in like the same the same spot. You know, four appearances in the MLS this year for the Rapids so far. He's got an assist. Um, obviously, he's a deeper-lying midfielder. So, um, Aaron Long is is exciting he, for me. He's someone that you are probably you're more familiar with being um, bigger follower of the Red Bulls, but he sort of came out of nowhere um, and is kind of feeling like he's going to be the preferred partner for uh john brooks in that in that center back pairing so he's a very exciting player what are your thoughts on it aaron long to me is one of the guys that fits into the uh classic red bull saying of metro makes and the world takes um you know the metro stars slash red bulls academy has had a history of creating and bringing through top, top players such as Tim Howard, Josie Altidore, uh, Tim Ream. You know, they've, they've had players that have gone on to do big things that have gone on to uh, play very well for the national team. Um, you think even more recently to a guy that we're going to get to in this bracket, Tyler Adams, moving uh, within the you know same ownership group but from the Red Bulls in New York to RB Leipzig. Um, and also playing a big part for the national team. So Aaron Long fits into that category. Um, he played for Red Bulls 2 in the USL um, and, you know, has just worked worked very hard and made his way up and uh, got himself to a, got himself a, a new long-term contract with the Red Bulls um, this past offseason. Now, with uh, Kellen Acosta, Acosta, I agree with you where I thought maybe he was going to be that guy that takes over for... Um, Michael Bradley, someone needs to to fill that spot, but um, it doesn't seem like Kellen Acosta really is going to be that guy. Um, I know he's still 23. Um, he's moved on from FC Dallas to the Colorado Rapids, as you mentioned. Um, but the Rapids are struggling to win games. 
The Rapids haven't won in their first four games. Um, you know, they and they were not good last season, and it you know it's just been tough for them. And I question whether or not um, a winning the, the the culture of winning is so important. Um, so can you bring in a player on the national team who's just used to losing? Um, and expect him to, you know, be the guy that fights hard and win, and not and not to say that that's not the the case where, you know, he could cut, he could slide right into that U.S. midfield and uh, change things and uh, move things forward and get us ready for the future, but um, I am worried about not his specific performance at club level, but it's not good for a player to get used to losing. Um, yeah, I think I think he's. I mean, I think he certainly still has a place going forward with the national team. I just don't think. I think, looking back on it, I was expecting him to kind of be a starter, but now he he, he could still be a reserve player, a rotational player that comes in and and helps. He's he has he has a good amount. He has what twenty plus caps yes. for the for the U.S. Um, you know, he brings that that experience, um, and maybe it's a good way of you know. A changing of the guard where you get you keep someone maybe not Michael Bradley who's coming to the end of his line but you have someone who's been playing with Michael Bradley and with that old guard and he could be a nice transitional player to pass the baton on to the younger players yeah I, I, I agree with you but it's also a tough matchup to go up against Aaron Long here in this bracket because for me Aaron Long is the first first center back you got to find a partner for him you know um, we've used John Brooks, Matt Miazga, Tim Ream, even getting back into things a little bit. Um, uh, even his club partner, Tim Parker, is featured for the national team. But I think Aaron Long right now is number one. If you're going in, if we had a World Cup qualifier today, Aaron Long is in the in the center of defense for me, um, and that's why I I struggle to see Acosta getting past him, but. The choice isn't the up choice yet. is yours, my friend. Um, and who I am going to go with here? All right, come on, get it out, Pert Happily. Okay, <laughs> I'm going with Aaron Long. I think, like you said, I think he is the future of that defense. Whether he's the second choice option at center back, I mean, but you need two center backs. So if you're the <laughs> second choice center back, you're still the first choice center back. Um, so I'm gonna go with. I'm going to go with Aaron Long. I think he is a very exciting player. He can play the ball very well with his, you know, out of the back. He's good with it at his feet, which is exciting. And that's sort of how I think it'll work better for, for Greg Berhalter's style. So I think he has a bright future with the, the men's national team. So we have our first upset of the tournament with uh, three seed Kellen Acosta going out to Aaron Long, um, joining Jordan Morris and Christian Pulisic in the Elite Eight. Now, it is time for an interesting matchup. Could see another upset here. Julian Green is the four seed, and Josh Sargent is the 13. Julian Green has 15 caps. Uh, Josh Sargent with six. Um, and, you know, Julian Green has already played in the World Cup. He played in uh, 2014, scored a goal against Belgium in the uh, round of 16 um, as he came on in that game when we were already down 2-0 in extra time. Um, Julian Green, a player, you know, used to play for Bayern Munich, never really quite got it right, Julian Green. Um, 
and you know he's currently at Firth. I I struggle to see um, how big of a player he can be for the U.S. national team. I'm fine with him being involved when it's when they're just international friendlies, but not sure how confident I'd be uh, with uh, Julian Green in the side in a meaningful matchup. Yeah, I mean, he's put in some... He's per- certainly put in some nice performances for the U.S. Um, obviously, I think it's it's crazy to see that, you know, we saw a young player play in the World Cup, scored against Belgium, was playing for Bayern Munich, and it's sort of now he's, he's in the second league of Germany, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, but every now and then he puts in a strong performance with the national team. I, I can see him, depending on how they set up going forward, I think he could be a potential backup option. But again, I think if you're going to be playing young guys, which it seems like the U.S. is going to be doing, should be doing, you want to maybe have a more experienced guy come off the bench uh, and make a chain, like make a big game-changing play. So I think he's kind of right out on the fringe of of important matches for the U.S. Yeah, he's he's at that in-between age where he's 23 and he's not no longer a young, exciting prospect. But he's also not. We can't say that he's a veteran um, that deserves to be in the squad, but. You know, he has scored twice and uh, added two assists in 21 appearances in the second division in uh, in Germany. Um, so, you know, for, for me, Julian Green, I don't think he has a bright, bright future for the national team, but that could change. Now, going up against Josh, Josh Sargent, the 19-year-old striker for uh, Werder Bremen, who's playing four years younger, um, similar positions. He's a center forward, not a winger, but playing in the top tier in uh, Germany. Nine appearances, two goals. Um, and uh, he's got as many goals for Germany or for uh, for Werder Bremen this season as he does for the U.S. Uh, since making his debut in 2018 in just six appearances. But Sargent uh, could really be the the future at center forward for the national team yeah and he's sort of he's sort of like julian green is sort of the josh Sargent before josh Sargent, where he was the young guy who started to get featured and now it's sort of julian green didn't really make the grade and now we have josh Sargent who's come in and he scored a couple goals he's you know he scored pretty quickly to his time at warder bremen which is exciting for him he was part of that um unders uh u.s team that that did pretty well at the world stage so he's he's an exciting prospect uh, i'm a little worried about his his size and physicality but i mean as long as you score goals you know there i mean there's and maybe you know maybe his quickness his pace might might overcome that and might fit better for what we have uh in the u.s national team but uh he is certainly an exciting player and i think um yeah, I'd, I'd I'd probably put him over Julian Green. Obviously, at the moment, I th- I think Julian Green still has something to offer. It's still be interesting to see what he can bring. But I mean, he's Josh Argent is very much on the up. Yeah, um, and I'm gonna go ahead and make the pick here for the four versus thirteen matchup, and I'm gonna go with Josh Sargent. Um, even though I struggle to say the first name Josh and then a last name that starts with S, I don't know why that's a thing, but. Um, I guess you you learn something new about yourself every day. Yeah, and you can't really hold that against 
Josh Sargent. No, it is but, hard. but I would consider putting Julian Green in the Elite Eight because his, because don't, I don't I don't have as much of a speech impediment. Uh, you don't want to keep saying Josh Sargent. Josh Sargent. Josh Sargent. At that point, we're just making fun of people with speech impediments. That is insensitive. We will stop. Um, Maybe cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm definitely not going to, but I'm also not going to cut out the parts where he told me to cut it out. Cool, cool. Because cool. no one tells me what to do. Um, all right, on to 5 versus 12. Matt Miazga and Christian Roldan. Um, give me your thoughts on... Uh, Chelsea Loney, Matt Miazga, my man. Uh, he certainly struggled this year um, in in the club scene. You know, last year he had an excellent season for Vitesse, which is uh, you know the Dutch team that that Chelsea sent a lot of their players out on loan to. Uh, it hasn't translated this year. He played a little bit in the French league, and now he's he's currently at Reading uh, in the Championship. It's been a rough going for him. Uh, and, you know, when he first moved, it was kind of an exciting thing to have an American player go to Chelsea. And, you know, the fact that they were looking at him showed maybe he had this potential to really become something. It doesn't seem like that is much the case. We are starting to see more of him with the national team. But, again, I mean, we've talked about it. we talked about Aaron Long, who looks very much like the – slotted in there and I don't think I can pick Miazga over a player like John Brooks so uh, it, he, he definitely I'd say he was certainly more exciting uh, a few months ago maybe a year ago or so but less so now yeah his, um, his loan with who he was with uh, Vitesse right last season yeah in the Dutch league I believe they won I, I believe they won a trophy I, I don't think, know if it was yeah the I believe they won or, the Dutch cup um and it was a great season for him, and then for him to get a loan cut short this season and end up, uh, instead of being in uh, Ligue 1 in France, he is in the second division in England in the championship. So, um, And with Reading, who are not, not playing very well. Um, so, you know, <laughs> Reading are actually sitting in... 21st, so they are one point above relegation right now. Um, a tough spot for him to be thrown in. Um, and they're just not... They, they've conceded 56 goals in 38 games, so... Um, really thrown yeah, into I mean, a fire. Before that, he was at Nantes. Yeah, before that, he was at Nantes, and he was struggling a, a great deal there, and they're, they're not looking good either. They're in 15th place. Just a couple spots out of the drop zone. So... It's it's been yeah it's been a it's been a rough year for him. So he's very much he's one of those players. I mean, some of these players on this list are very much on the on the the downward trajectory, uh, which will not help their case uh, in in this competition. It certainly won't help their case for getting more caps in the U.S. national team. We might come back next year and have some guys with the same amount of caps as they did this time. Yeah. So, which in that point we should probably do a different sort of bracket. But uh, what are your thoughts on Christian Roldan? I haven't seen too much of him, but he has seemed to be appearing um, quite, quite recently. Um, quite yeah, frequently. So quite recently. Recently. <laughs> quite frequently. One of those. He he um, was 
he was drafted right by uh, by the Seattle Sounders um, a few years ago. This season, he's played all three of uh, the Sounders matchups, three wins. Hasn't uh, gotten a goal or an assist, but he's played 100% of the minutes there. So um, I haven't actually seen him this season. I haven't gotten a chance to watch the Sounders, but I have seen him play in the past, uh, last season in MLS, and he is uh, he's an exciting midfielder that I think has a lot to offer for the U.S., but, um, you know, it's a position that, you know, he's not... He can play. He has played out wide very little. He can play defensively in midfield, but more is, um, you know, one of those guys that you expect to be adding a little to the attack, adding a little to defense, but not really. He's more of a box-to-box guy, not really finding. Um, you know, he's not. He's not a number ten, and he's not a guy that's going to be a brick wall uh, in front of the back four. So. It's tough to find a spot for him in the U.S. Um, with in the U.S. national team with as many exciting midfield prospects as there are. Yeah, that'll certainly be be an uphill climb for him, especially as we move on and we look at some of the players that you know are are trying their trade, are playing in you know Europe's top five leagues, who are doing the same exact thing he's doing, but they're doing it against better competition, um, you know, in Champions League football, stuff like that. So. Um, but I mean, certainly not a knock on him. Like you said, he's he's been a, he's been playing. He's played 100 percent of the minutes for the Sounders this this year. Started every game, uh, three wins. So I mean, that's gotta that's gotta count for something. So uh, where do you go with this one? You go five Miazga or twelve rolled on? See this one. This one is gonna. This is a weird one because I think it's more down to. It isn't down to what someone has proved to me, but terms i think miazga has struggled recently so i think he has to get a knock here so i think i'm going to go with rolled on i don't know too much about him <laughs> admittedly like we said we haven't seen too much of him but uh i think it's a player who's certainly worth a look in the in the national team setup not that miazga hasn't doesn't deserve a look but i think his stock has dropped and i think that hurts him here so i'm going to go with another upset and i think you have to you have to pick a 12 over a five it's march yeah it's it's just in the spirit of competition um. Yeah. So we've got two more, two more to go. Three more to go here. Three more to go on the first. Three round. more to go. Yeah. Um. So the next one is six seed. I think one of the most exciting players for the U.S. national team going forward, Tyler Adams, with uh going up against eleven seeded Cameron Carter Vickers, um, the central defender. Now we talked about how Aaron Long is uh for me the first choice. Um. But in center defense, but um, he needs a partner. And Cameron Carter Vickers has shown in the past that he he could be that guy, but really needs to step it up at club level. Um, for me, just in the fact that you know he he's going on these loan spells like um, like Miazga, and right now Cameron Carter Vickers is playing for Swansea City in the championship. Now. Um, they're very much they're very much similar. Like he, they both signed for big clubs, Chelsea and Tottenham. Then they both went on loan to different places, and now they're both in the championship for Swansea and Reading, respectively. So they have very much similar career trajectories at the moment. Yeah, and um, you know Carter Vickers is still only 21 years old, um, and you know he's made 20 appearances for uh, Swansea in the championship this season, and. Um, 
I I like his defensive ability. Um, he and you know he. I I can't say that he's a definitive uh, g- good partnership. I I can't say definitively that he'd be a good partner for Aaron Long, but um, I think he's going to be very much involved in this setup with. Uh, the U.S. over the next few years. Um, now, there's question marks over Tottenham um, and who they're going to have in their defense next season. So we might actually see him uh, get a chance as far as, you know, uh, being kind of a bench player, being a rotation player. Um, could be one of those younger guys that gets in in the cup matches um, next season. Or... He might move away on another loan. He might move away permanently. So it's, I think, um, the next two years have uh, will have a big effect on his the overall outcome of his career. But Carter Vickers is an exciting player, um, and if if he can you know play very consistently at the top level, the U.S. will be happy to have a player like that. But Tyler Adams for me. Almost doesn't get better than Adams. So hard-working midfielder, a good passer of the ball, but he covers so much ground, um, and that's the most impressive thing for me about uh, Tyler Adams. the The amount of ground he covers, whether he's playing for club or country, um, recently moving over to uh, RB Leipzig, um, and you know he's made eight appearances in the Bundesliga this season, one assist. Um, played uh, just about 570 minutes since joining uh, Leipzig, but um, I I think it's going to be tough for anyone in this bracket to beat Tyler Adams, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Adams, and well, the crazy thing about him is the last game for the U.S., he was at right back, and he very much was learning that position, and he almost, like, he was one of the top performers for the team uh, in their, in that game. So, I mean, he's he's adaptable, he like you said, he covers so much ground, but he's good defensively, good offensively, which, you know, works for, he can play in the midfield, but, you know, I never thought of him as playing in a fullback position, but his his characteristics fit that, you know, he can move up and down the field, he he can ping a ball in, he's a great passer of the ball, and he's, and he's good defensively, so, like, he can, he can, like, I hope, I hope that's not where he obviously sees a lot of time, I, I want to see him in the midfield because I think I think personally he's the first choice uh, midfielder for the U.S. going forward um, now I mean Cameron Carter Vickers as you said you know he, he's sort of so he's sort of in limbo he doesn't really know where he's going to be club wise uh, at the moment He you know and I think it's kind of similar with the uh, the U.S. setup I think Aaron Long is sort of establishing himself as one of those first choices, and you and again you still have John Brooks, who has has been like the number one guy the past uh, few years. So it'd be hard to take him out of the out of the fold. Obviously, down the line he might, but uh, it, it's going to be it's a, it's going to be hard for him to, to break in. And I, you know, I think Adams is there's he's he's only only uh, positive things from him so far. Yeah, and Tyler Adams, um, you mentioned he did play right back. He played uh, as a right wing back in a back five slash back three a little bit under Jesse Marsh at uh, in, in New York. Um, 
before moving to midfield full-time. He kind of hops back and forth between positions. And Jesse Marsh, in an interview um, you know, during that period of time, said that he sees Tyler Adams as a right back. Now, Jesse Marsh, of course, is now an assistant with uh, RB Leipzig. So um, he might, you know, see that as an option there as well. But um, I think we need to see Adams in the midfield. And like you said, he, for me, is first choice. And that's why I take him over Cameron Carter-Vickers in this in this uh, matchup. I already wrote it down. Yeah, I, I wrote it down right as we started talking about it. Um, <laughs> now, uh, 7 versus 10. 7 seed is Tim Weah. And 10 seed is Sebastian Legette. Now, um, I see this going one way, but uh, what are you thinking here? I mean, these are both exciting players for different reasons. I think Legette has been, you know, he's, I think Tim, I think, well, let's actually go to Weah first. I think Weah has has very much the, the prospect of being one of the number one guys up top in the attack for the U.S. I think he's an exciting player. You know, he, he, he has the he played for PSG. That just shows you like how sought after he was at such a young age. Um, he's doing pretty well at Celtic now. Uh, I think on the season so far, he has he's got a goal. He's got five goals and one assist in 15 appearances. It's not bad for a young player. Um, and I think he's only gonna get better uh, playing playing in uh, the Scottish league. Only gonna uh, get better, but but the man, the myth, the legend, Brendan Rodgers has left him. Yeah, unreal. How can the best manager in the history of soccer leaving help Tim Weah? <laughs> who do who, who came in uh, at Celtic? You're asking Was the anyone wrong guy. Big? I'm gonna see, but uh, he's going. I think had a couple. He had like a very bright period for the men's national team, and then he got injured. Um, so he, you know, he's very much working his way back into the fold for the team. Obviously, he has an advantage for himself because uh, he is an MLS player, and um, Berhalter is very familiar with the MLS uh, setup, having coached the crew. Um, I think he's an exciting player. I, the thing is, I don't I don't see Leggett, uh being the first option at any point. He's going to be a good... He's going to be an excellent, maybe exciting option coming off the bench. But I think uh, Waya has the potential to be a star for the men's national team, and that's why I pick him to advance over Sebastian Legette. Yeah, with with Legette, it's kind of like uh, he can be a good squad player, but Tim Waya, you see him as either he's in the starting eleven in the future, or he's a big impact super sub. You don't get that same feeling with Legette, and Legette is twenty six years old, so he's not. Um, he really hasn't taken things by storm. He's Eight, only eight caps by the time you're 26. Not to say that um, that number won't grow and he won't be a part of the team, but um, Tim Weah has the same amount of caps with, what, seven years less uh, uh, less time to do it. So yeah, um, Weah gets through. And finally, the end of the first round after this matchup, eight, Weston McKinney, and nine, Zach Steffen. This is going to be a tough one to call for me. Um Weston McKinney, unfortunately, right now is injured. Just returned to uh, Schalke from the U.S. camp with an ankle sprain. Um, but Weston McKinney, what a player he has been for for Schalke this season. And um, 
you know, talking with uh, mentioning Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney could be a great midfield partner for him. Um, and that's that's why I was saying before about Christian Roldan, it's tough for him to get in the midfield with such young players like these guys uh, really taking things by storm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, McKinney, he's, I mean, he's like a Swiss Army knife for Schalke. He plays, He. I think they've played him as a false nine. They've played him at right back. They've played him in the midfield. Just absolutely incredible how many different places he can he can play. Uh, so that's certainly very exciting. Um, and, you know, he, he's another player who has Champions League experience. Of course, we saw him uh, against Manchester City. Um, of course, they lost 7-0 in that, that second. Like, he was playing right back in that game, whereas in the first leg when it was a, you know, back and forth 3-2, he was in midfield. I see him more in midfield for the U.S., um, but of course, the U.S. has always been sort of a weird team when it comes to fullbacks and and defenders. Uh, you know, there's always um, movement around there, and you'll see players like Tyler Adams or Weston McKinney be put there. But I think very much he's going to be in that midfield more on the attacking front. Uh, he's yeah. I mean, oh, let's let's just hope that that injury doesn't hold him back too much moving forward because he is really an exciting player um and someone who has big experience and a lot of it so far he's he's been a feature for Schalke for quite a bit now so yeah, 20 years old 28 appearances in all competitions this season yeah um he's played almost 2,000 minutes this season for a for a United States national player in the Bundesliga to uh, see this sort of playing time is a great sign for the future of the team. But um, like you said, hopefully that injury uh, is just a minor one. It doesn't hold him back. He doesn't suffer setbacks because uh, that's been a theme with the U.S. over recent years. Um, and, you know, on to the number nine seed, Zach Steffen, 23 years old. Um, same amount of caps as uh, McKenney with eight. Um, and this is a guy who will be joining Manchester City in the summer. Um, so they obviously see him as a bright player uh, in the league this season. Three appearances and two clean sheets um, for the crew. And um, you know the the only thing with him is he's had a history of knee injuries. But for me, Zach Steffen is the guy going uh you know uh that i would think in the world cup cycle will be i think he will be uh number one in between the sticks so um it's <laughs> this is definitely the, the the toughest matchup the seeding works out on this one eight versus nine it's supposed to be close but um you made it tough on me here yeah i mean even when you look at even with the country it's he's got He's got five clean sheets and eight appearances, um, you know, and he's very much uh, at an advantage having been the crew, the Columbus crew keeper, his manager, Greg Berhalter, now in charge of the U.S. team. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I mean, I think we certainly, I think we definitely needed to include Ethan Horvath on there because I think he has a lot to bring to the United States. But I think Stefan, for me, is without a doubt the number one guy going forward. I, I've loved what I've seen from him. Uh, so far 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes because I think City will likely put him out on loan. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, but I mean, I I don't know. I think he's good enough to to play for a team like that. I th- eventually, I think uh, as long as he stays healthy, I think as he grows up, he's only twenty three years old. You know, I can see him being a big time keeper somewhere. He he he's like a he looks like a brick wall to me. He's you know, he's an exciting player. So yeah, this this has to be the toughest the toughest matchup of the first round um and you know just to you know, go ahead and say that um you didn't pick ethan horvath because you didn't see him as the number one guy going forward um so i'm gonna hold true to consistency there and that's gonna be the tiebreaker here for me um zach Steffen i see as the number one guy in the in goal going forward um while weston mckinney is one of several options in midfield so i'm gonna take the nine seed zach Steffen to round out the elite eight um so, Either way you went. Either way you went, it would have been harsh because I think both of these guys you could see in like our final four. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, and so the elite eight setup is one seed Jordan Morris against nine Zach Steffen, thirteen Josh Sargent against twelve Christian Roldan, two Christian Pulisic against seven Tim Weah, and fourteen seeded Aaron Long against six seeded Tyler Adams. Um, but first let's go to a quick ad break welcome back to footy ado a delusional soccer podcast we are now into our elite eight for madness ado our march madness of exciting u.s men's national team players under 30 caps um and let's start with the one seed against the nine seed we just talked zach stefan um and we it's been a while since we talked jordan morris now but um this this matchup is top versus back, center forward versus goalkeeper, um, and you know it's a, an experienced center forward going against uh, Zach Steffen here. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, who would I who would I take in a one on one infield situation so I can I, I can make that pick uh, the same here, but um, Morris offers a lot going forward in the current form he's in. Um, Have we seen him really take the national team by storm? No. Um, A lot of the stuff with him is always when he would score, it would be exciting because of how young he was. Yeah. And now now we need it to be, now we need it to excite us because how often he's scoring for his country He's doing it for the club right now. It's got to, got to transfer over. Um, Zach Steffen, he's got to get his chance. He's got to prove that he is the one to, uh, to be in between the sticks for the national team. He's got to, you know, to me, a player like Brad Guzan still getting capped, still getting called in, shows that the uh, the new manager does not entirely trust his young set of keepers now it's one thing if you have brad guzan in there to be a, a guy in the camp to help mentor um players like zach stefan and ethan and uh ethan horvath but stefan needs to start getting consistent caps for the national team um but i see more of a chance of that happening than i do of jordan morris being the the number one guy to go to i think the issue with center forwards um in the U.S. national team, is that there's so many that are close to the same level 
that not that they don't always get an extended look in the national team because there's so many guys to bounce around to try to get playing time for. Um, mm-hmm. For that reason, I see Zach Steffen going to the Final Four. Yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward here. I think, um, and it's interesting. I mean, Jordan Morris has had to go up against two goalkeepers, and I think the fact that we we pick Stefan over him, but we picked him over Horvath, it's sort of shows how we feel about Stefan and what he is to the national team and what he is going to be going forward. So I completely agree with that pick. Now, uh, who will Stefan face in the Final Four? You have the matchup. It's your choice for Josh Sargent. Josh Sargent. Get used to saying it. He's going on to the next Christian round. Christian, rolled on. You take Sargent. Final Four, I like it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I hope, I hope he pans out. I mean, it's still very early, but he's he's an exciting player. I think it'll be exciting to see. I mean, we don't. I mean, I think is that. I mean, Bobby Wood is a is very much a center forward, like a hold up play type center forward, whereas Sargent, you know, can run through the channels a little bit. And it might be interesting to see like a front three of pacey, you know, two pacey wingers with Josh Sargent and see what they could possibly do. So, um, yeah, I think he still excites me more than Roldan. Roldan's in a, in a big crowd of, of uh, midfielders, uh, whereas Sargent is very much uh, coming into the fold as, as one of the main options. So I'm excited for him. So we have Stefan and Sargent. I like the pick there. Um, I think it was an easy one for you. Um, somehow it's gotten easier in the Elite Eight than it was in the Sweet 16. But... Um, We'll leave that at that. Now, like I said, Metro makes world takes Aaron Long and Tyler Adams. Not an easy choice here because, <laughs> in as you listened before, I think these two guys are the first choice in their position. If you're going to pick three midfielders, number one, Tyler Adams. If you're going to pick two midfielders, number one, Tyler Adams. If you're going to do a back four, Number one in defense, Aaron Long. If you're going to do a back three, number one in defense, Aaron Long. I don't know how to pick between these two guys. Um, especially because they both come from the team that I support in MLS. Um, but Tyler Adams left. Does that hurt him here? Does it hurt the fact that he left? That, the fact that he is bettering himself and moving to the Bundesliga, does that hurt him in this Elite Eight matchup? that is absolutely going to uh, be picked by emotion and not logic reason. I don't think at all. I think that actually helps him in this case. I think he is by far the most exciting player in this situation. But I'm, I'm starting to feel like you're not thinking that. I think you're leaning towards Aaron Long, which makes me a little nervous here. Think back to the World Cup in 2014. Going into that World Cup, or even think back to qualifying in uh, for the 2018 World Cup that went so poorly. What was one event, and now you, the, the hex is 10 games. You have 10, 10 games to get through to the World Cup. The U.S. didn't do it. But in game number 10, we had an awful defensive matchup, an awful defensive mistake by... Um, Omar Gonzalez, an own goal that kept us out of the World Cup. That has to play a factor into into who I take here because 
in the midfield we were better than uh, than we were in defense, and that that night in Trinidad and Tobago, uh, at least there in Trinidad and Tobago, I was in Washington D.C. It still haunts me. It still haunts me, and for that reason, I go against Tyler Adams and I pick Aaron Long. Oh my gosh, you're breaking my heart. I'm breaking, breaking my, my own heart. heart, dude. I didn't want to make that pick, but you're the well, one that gave it to me. Yeah, well, you could have offered it. I should have taken that pick. Oh, my goodness. You should have offered it to me. Okay. Um, now we have another tough one. These were the two toughest ones probably this round. Pulisic and Weah. That would be number seven seed, Tim Weah, versus number two, Christian Pulisic. Very much... Uh, very exciting players for the national team. And I'll, I'll tell you why I, I'm going to... I need to interrupt you real quick. Yeah, what's up? Uh, I've had some time to think in the 15 seconds that you've been talking, and we're going back on it. We're putting Tyler Adams in the final four. Okay, now wh- why? We're going... Okay, the reason is because although he uh, he has the... Uh, he, he's not a center back, and I was biased towards towards a defender because of the history of the national team, I think that he might be one of the players of the generation. And Aaron Long is not that. He's just the best player we have at the position right now. That's okay. why I'm going back on it. Tyler Adams into the Final Four. Okay, okay. I didn't know that was allowed, but we're going to... Yeah, do you want to go back to any of your Sweet 16 matchups? No. you want to no, put Miazga through instead of Roldan? <laughs> I, want, I want to put Saif directly to the Final. No, um, Pulisic and Wea. This is a tough one, but I'm gonna go with proven, uh, the proven player over the one who with the uh, potential. Go proven over potential. I'm gonna go Pulisic. Um, but luckily, I don't. Th- luckily for the for us, we don't have to actually pick against these two. I think these two can. Um, do an amazing job going forward for each side of that attacking three. Uh, but I'm going to go with Pulisic over Waya. Um, I hope Waya comes up and is it's an even harder question next year because that just shows how good he is and how good of an attacking uh, lineup we have. So I'm going to go with Pulisic over Waya for the final four. Okay, so we have our final four, Zach Steffen and Josh Sargent. I'm getting, that. I'm getting better at that. Um, and then the other one is Christian Pulisic and Tyler Adams. Now, I will say, I know I picked two players from one matchup for the Final Four, but if we added Aaron Long to this group of four, we have five, I think that's, I think that's the five-a-side team I want for the national team. Stefan in goal, Long in defense. Uh, we have Adams in midfield, and then Pulisic and Sargent as forwards. That's a good five-a-side team, just saying. That is. Yeah, I think I would put maybe Wea over Sargent, but I like... I think especially with five aside though, like I, I, I really like John Brooks. For five aside, I pref- I'm going to pick a player who's um, better at the ball at their feet, which is Aaron Long. So I would put Aaron Long in my five aside as well. Right. I like it. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot. I'm gonna let you pick between Pulisic and Tyler Adams, and I'll take the final four matchup of Stefan and Sargent. Now, Stefan beat out a striker in the last round. 
and quite honestly, Jordan Morris is more proven. Um, I don't know that he's going to end up being the better player when you look back at his career. Um, but I think it's it would be tough to say Stefan over Morris and then say Sargent over Stefan because I think Sargent and Morris are pretty even. Um, and as you alluded to, you think that Zach Steffen can play at a top club in the future, like someone like a Manchester City. I don't know that he plays at a club like that. Maybe, um, I, maybe he can make it at a, a big six club in the Premier League or one of the uh, Champions League sides in Germany or France or um, one of the top yeah. five leagues. I, I think he could play very well in, um, but. It's tough to compare him to him to the Man City team, especially the team from last year that bossed the league. Um, but because because the move coming forward with Stefan going to City, I think that opens up a lot for his career development. Um, even if he stays at City and plays in the in the youth side or you know gets some time on the bench, I think that. It, his development is going to be uh, pushed so far forward um, with a move to Manchester City, much much more than uh, Sargent at Werder Bremen. So for me, getting through to the final is goalkeeper from the Columbus Crew slash Man City, Zach Steffen. I agree with that choice. But, I mean, again, you can go either way. Um, now... This is tough with the amount of caps that they had ending up on the same side of the bracket because it could easily could have been a final of Pulisic and Adams. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, Pulisic has been so amazing for for us so far. He's been a star, and I think the hype is very much real with him. Uh, I think Tyler Adams is going to be a bigger player for the United States going forward. I think he will be I think he will only help Pulisic become better. I think it is I think the problem with the United States is we've had, you know, we've had players like Clint Dempsey who have played in Europa League finals, Landon Donovan, we've had who've had that tested European experience um up top. We've never had that player who in the midfield that really solidified uh, the shape of the team. Um, I mean, Michael Bradley had some experience playing for Roma, um, but I don't know. I, I there's something about Tyler Adams to me that's that is super exciting. I think, I think you look at it. I think going forward, probably along with Stefan, I think the three most exciting players. Um, well, let's say along with Pulisic, uh, they got to be McKinney. Adams and Stefan. Yeah, and so I think I, I, I agree with you on the point you're making with Tyler Adams because you have Christian Pulisic on the wing. Sometimes he plays as number 10 for the U.S. Um, it's more of like, okay, we got to try and stop Pulisic. With Tyler Adams, it's we've got to go around him. We've got to find a different way to get through. We've got to find a different way to attack with Tyler Adams in the midfield because he's just covering too much ground. He's all over the field. Wherever you don't want him to be, he shows up. Um, and that 
is, that's tougher to plan against than it is to try and plan to stop Pulisic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's you know, this was sort of I, I was expecting this to sort of be the final. Obviously, I didn't know how the seating would necessarily pan out, but I, I'm going to go with Tyler Adams over Pulisic. And I'm glad I'm doing that because I don't think there'd be a reason for us to do this. If if Pulisic was the out and outright winner of this, there would be no reason for us to do this bracket. Um, you know, this is very much a surprise, but also not really. I think Adams Adams deserves to be in there because I think he is going to be very important for the, the national team. Yeah, it's one of the things that we look at the final matchup. Zach Steffen and Tyler Adams both getting their start. Um you know, coming through an MLS um, and then moving to Europe, which Stefan will do in July. Um, Tyler Adams has already done so, and he's done done it well. Um, and the thing that puts Adams over Stefan in this matchup for me, um, which will we'll leave this up to debate between me and you, but the thing that puts him over Stefan is the... The, I guess the, the chance of him making an impact. Um, a lot of times, you know, the U.S. will play with three in midfield, whether it's two defensive midfielders and a number ten, or just a flat three. Um, and as you very well know, you can only put one in goal. So, the, the idea that. Uh, Adams is going to be in the midfield in one way or another or in the uh, setup one way or another is more of a guarantee. Mm. What are your thoughts on the final matchup? Um, I think I think with Stefan, there's very much the possibility that, you know, I mean, we've talked about him. We think he's going to be the number one guy going forward, but that's there's very much the chance that that's not true. I think Ethan Horvath is a solid player who could end up taking that. Um, we, with Tyler we need, Adams. And we, we need Stefan to improve to be the guy. If yeah. Tyler Adams stayed at the level that he's at, he still gets in this team. Yeah, and I think I think going forward, the sky's the limit for Tyler Adams and for this team because of Tyler Adams. So, well, I wouldn't say for the, the team as a whole, the sky's the limit, but Tyler Adams gives them something that they haven't really had. Yeah, um, for for the entire team, some low hanging clouds are the limit. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Tyler Adams is my pick, which is partly why I was so heartbroken that you picked Aaron Long to beat him. <laughs> I was so excited to pick Tyler Adams over Pulisic, and you almost gave me Aaron Long versus Pulisic. Now, who would you got in Pulisic versus Long? Easy Pulisic chance there, right? Yeah, I would go. I would go Pulisic. I I, I think whoever won out of Pulisic Adams was going to be. Uh, the winner of this, but um, yeah. we're in agreement here. Tyler Adams, we both have chosen as the winner of the U- U.S. Men's National Team March Madness. Adieu, promising players. We'll, we'll work on the name. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, now, as always, the show must be finished with a delusion. Oh God! Did you not even think of one? No, I thought of one. I had a couple. I was gonna like say maybe, uh, yeah. I know. I thought of one. I was actually gonna ask you what you thought the 
the starting lineup, like your starting lineup for the national team. What is it going forward? I tried to write down a little piece, down on a piece of paper, what I thought with a lot of the players that we came up with. Well, yeah, give me, give me what you think. Well, I have, I mean, I have Sergeant or Bobby Wood up top, and then I have Weya and Pulisic on the flanks. And then I got McKinney, number 10. You have Will Trapp, Tyler Adams in that midfield. Long and Brooks, center back. Yedlin, right back. Stefan, goalkeeper. And then literally just put a table. Just put a table on the pitcher, like a chair at left back. No, I, I, um, Anthony Robinson's exciting. He's probably someone that we could have included in this, but I didn't think of him until right now. I um, thought of him. I thought about putting him in over... Um... Or I don't remember who I was going to say we should take out, but um, probably Legette or Morris or something. Yeah, but um, he's just there's just still such a big question mark over Anthony Robinson. But we need him, we need him now. We need not Demarcus Beasley. Yeah, what's going on with whatever happened to Fabian Johnson? I just don't think I'll... that the the current hierarchy wants him. Yeah, I always liked him on the side anymore. Yeah. But what's your center back pairing? How do you feel about John Brooks? I feel like you haven't talked about John Brooks at all. I like John Brooks. Um, obviously, hold the hold the special place in my heart with the winner against Ghana in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, a massive moment for a player that almost didn't make the World Cup. Um, but I, I I think right now it's Aaron Long and John Brooks in 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 the partnership, but. John Brooks does not have that spot solidified, and nor does Aaron Long. Just because I think he's the the first choice doesn't mean that uh, no one's going to break through. Um, Miazga might turn up and start playing much better. Cameron Carter-Vickers might, um, you know, push through and say, you know, this is this is my spot. We might have an older guy that comes that you know resurfaces and takes a spot. But I think going forward for the next cycle, it, going into World Cup qualifying, I would be okay with it. Aaron Long and John Brooks partnership. Yeah, just so you know, I'm on the so I, I'm on the U.S. Soccer subreddit as we speak, and I'm lo- I googled U.S. Is men's that just national chaos? team. Yeah, I, I mean, I just googled U.S. men's national team left back pool, and this is what came up. And like, it's listing all these players in different countries, different teams, and like what club they're at, how old they are, and then it has a little description. <laughs> and I'm looking at it, and towards the bottom they have. So I'll just read you a couple in a row. So like we got Fabian Johnson, Borussia Mönchengladbach, 29. Justin Morrow, Toronto FC, 30. Demarcus Beasley, Houston Dynamo, 100. <laughs> I love uh, it. Um, okay, delusion time. Let's get to it, baby. We have to check. We have to like write down all of our delusions and make a book about them and whether or not they actually came true. No, we don't want to hold ourselves accountable, but let's see. let's see what you got this week. My delusion this week, news, so news broke that uh, Chelsea will be able to appeal their transfer ban. I don't know how much that affects their ability. I believe they will be able to, if they can appeal it, they will be able to make transfers in the summer, depending on how long that process goes. My delusion is that Aiden Hazard will stay at Chelsea next season. We call them delusions for a reason. We call them delusions for a reason. We call them delusions for a reason. There is, to me, there is a 0% chance that Eden Hazard 
plays for Chelsea next season. I think there's more chance that Maurizio Sarri is still in charge at Stamford Bridge um, by the end Stop. of the season, or by the, by the start of next season, than there is yeah. that Hazard is there. Um, I think the situation at Real Madrid has made it more dire that Hazard needs to join them, um, and I think it makes it more obvious he has the chance to go to <laughs> go to uh, the Bernabeu and be the guy. Not many players are going to turn up that chance, and I don't think he should, and I don't think he will. And one more thing. We call them delusions for a reason. Yes, we call them delusions for a reason. That'd be a good title for this episode if it wasn't a special. <laughs>